Hello and welcome to the McCulloch Cast. My name is Matt, co-host Ish, Austin on Keys. We'll get to the point we don't have to do that anymore. Um, but again, we're going to start episodes off college football, go NFL. Um, and so let's just start with the AP poll this week. Um, there were some, 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 I would, in my opinion, say justified moves. Fresno State into the top 25, good move. Um, Clemson and Ohio State falling to the bottom part of the top 10 was a good move. Uh, what is your overall impression from the AP poll this week? You know, I, I, like you said, there were some good moves like Fresno State. I honestly think Clemson potentially could have been dropped down a little further, like maybe move Florida ahead. I think Florida, despite the loss, looked good against Alabama and deserves a spot in the top 10, even with a loss. I think Clemson doesn't look near as good as Florida. Um, what surprised me was they just threw Oregon right up there in the top four, like number three ahead of Oklahoma. Like, don't get me wrong, Oklahoma hasn't looked amazing, but... Oklahoma certainly is, I think, looked better than Oregon. Um, yeah, I mean, talk about we'll, we'll, back. we'll talk about Oregon. Now that they're ranked number three, basically have a college football playoff trip sitting in their hands. All they got to do is don't lose a game, and they have a path straight to the CFP. So they don't have to worry about any jockeying or anything like that. They're already in position. Don't screw up, and you keep your spot in. Their favorite, their schedule is favorable for the rest of the year, in my opinion. I mean, they play a Pac-12 slate, and the Pac-12 doesn't really look that great. So, um, yeah, I think a college football playoff is is sitting in Oregon's hands right now. That's true, and I love how we were talking about how we were worried about them in Week One, and it turns out Fresno State's actually good enough to be ranked top twenty-five. So, I'm interested to see if Oregon can hold on to this, like you said, like guaranteed playoff spot, because um, I don't see them losing it to anybody. And and I think. On that note, Penn, Penn State, they will beat Auburn this weekend. Uh, they're sitting at six, so they would need some help, but they play number five, Iowa, number 10, Ohio State, and number 19, Michigan. So they'll have plenty of opportunities um, in future weeks to uh, secure their spot. And if they could if they could win their slate of games, there would be, that would be one of the strongest resumes to go into the college football playoff. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, if Penn State wins out, I, I really think we're going to see a slip up from Oklahoma somehow because... They just, they're not, their offense isn't as strong as it should be, in my opinion. Like, only winning by five, over, only winning by what, seven over Nebraska? Like, yeah, we'll, so, we'll talk about that one a little yeah. later because I, I wasn't impressed with that either. Um, I will say something that, that I noticed number 13, Ole Miss, um, to me, kind of seems high. Uh, their offense has been good. Uh, Matt Coral has 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, on with 11 rushing touchdowns in three games. So offense is on fire, but they haven't really played in one yet. But this weekend will be a good gut check. They get Alabama, so they'll be able to see how that offense translates. Yeah, it's really going to be a shootout. And, I mean, you're playing against one of the best defenses in, I mean, college football right now. So I'm and, a, really and pissed off that they squaked two out of barely a Florida game. Yeah, yeah so that's going to be a really good game. I'm interested to see how Lane Kiffin coaches his team through that matchup. I think another pretender would be Georgia. I think they're sitting they're sitting high in the, the rankings right now, but they have Vandy to play, and then they go on to play number 16, Arkansas, number 23, Auburn, Kentucky, and number 11, 11 Florida in a four-game stretch. So I 
even if they are legit, I think that's going to be a, a tough stretch of games that um, I just don't see them not dropping a loss in, in that stretch. So I would I would say I would see some movement from them in, in, the, in between those four games. Um, BYU sneaking up the polls, number 15 after beating Arizona State this weekend, already had the, the win over Utah. Um, BYU's becoming one of the strongest teams in the Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I mean, like we we're talking about, like BYU's an upset team, and you know, last year they did look good too. They were ranked, and then you know they kind of lost some games that people were like, okay, that's not what we thought BYU was going to do. So it's going to be interesting to see if they can keep this pace up. But I'm not a hundred percent confident they're going to keep it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I think they might be the strongest. Um non-power five team in the rankings right now cincinnati's ahead of them they're at number eight um but i would say head to head i'd take byu over cincinnati oh interesting uh personal opinion but (laughs) (laughs) um and then yeah ucla took the largest fall this week went to 24 after losing to fresno state uh and the only ranked opponent left on their schedule is oregon who like we said all they have to do is win um and, and they'll have a college football playoff trip so uh, yeah, it's a pretty good summation, I think. Um, let's let's break down some games. Let's start with with the one that hurt the most: Alabama and Florida. Um, I feel like the 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 personal attachment. I'll I'll kick the recap off. Uh, it looked bad to start. I'm not gonna lie. Twenty one to three. I was like. I'm going to turn the game off, and, and I'm just going to go lay down. I was like, put Anthony Richardson. Yeah, well, the, I, I mean, like, there, there was literally no point. I was like, this is impossible. So was a little depressed at the start, but but a good showing. I think Florida won three quarters, to be honest. Uh, that, that first quarter we got torn up, but we played better through the second and fourth. Um, we lost the turnover battle. I think that's what, what ended up being – the uh, the ceiling fate, uh, Brenton Cox had a drop that would have stalled an Alabama scoring drive, um, and they they took an uh, interception from us, so it would have been nice to match that, but uh, you can't win them all. Um, missed PAT, terrible. Two-point conversion attempt, terrible. Um, there were some questionable PI calls, but again, you have to play mistake-free football, and you can't obviously rely on refs to get it right all the time so uh but i am i am interested to see how florida's running game stacks up to georgia's defense uh florida ran it all over alabama so i would i would like to see that translate but um georgia's defense does look pretty good to start so you have any thoughts yeah like like you're saying like y'all definitely lost the first quarter like 21 to 3 but then florida comes out and I mean, I haven't seen this defense in a long time, but they held Alabama to 10 points through three quarters. Even after the half, they only held, like, literally. With, with, a, with a Todd Grantham defense. Yeah, with a Todd <laughs> Grantham defense. Like, they, it was, there was a stat that popped up during the game. It was, like, first time they've held an opponent to three and out three times in a row. And it happens to be Alabama since, like, 2017 or something when they played Florida State. Like, I don't know where that defense came from, but, I mean, it literally threw y'all right back into the game, and your offense just kickstarted and that's a tough loss especially with that two-point conversion at the end i mean i have never seen anything like yeah, that it was, like, it was bad if you didn't see the game emory jones tries held hands. tries they yeah held hands. tries to hand the ball <laughs> off on uh what looked like a read option 
um, and then couldn't make up his mind. They both tried to run up the gap and just got yeah. It was down. it was no, it, no it, chance. Yeah, it was something I've never seen. But despite the loss, like I was talking about through the AP polls, I'm surprised they didn't move up into the top ten. Like genuinely, I think they deserve a spot in the top ten. Keeping it that close. I think if Ohio State hadn't gone on that run in the fourth quarter and it ended a seven-point game, we would have jumped them. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm i just happy not to move backwards, to be honest. If we, if we just stay on the fringe, win our games, I could see a rematch with Alabama again in the SEC championship game, So, um, which I would – very much enjoy. <laughs> just beat Georgia. I mean, that's yeah. true. That I mean, yeah, yeah that's that's a test. Now. Well, Alabama's got to beat Arkansas and Ole Miss, so can't dismiss them. And Texas A and M, so they that's they true. also have have a hell of a schedule to play. So we'll see. Fiftieth um, anniversary of the game of the century produced what will probably be the catch of the year. Uh, DJ Graham's interception uh, against Nebraska this weekend. If you haven't seen it, pull the highlight just up. Talking about DJ Graham disgusting like i've never seen a catch like that before yeah it, it, i i yeah it's, it's, you can't even quantify it in words like it, it, it's i can't describe it to you like you literally have to go watch it it was um amazing overall though the performance from oklahoma not very impressive they were 22 and a half point favorites and one by seven um their defense and special teams played well but they prevented the possibility of overtime late in the fourth with two timely sacks so nebraska unfortunate not to be able to push but um oklahoma and spencer rattler don't look amazing that's true you bring up a good point though like we've we've been talking about oklahoma and like their defense needs to step up what's crazy is their defense steps up and their offense took a step back and so they've got to find a way to click if they want to stay in the top four because I'd genuinely be worried if they can't get in sync and find a rhythm between both of them. Well, people in the Oklahoma program were saying that the defense is going to be better this year and it'll match the NFL caliber offenses that Lincoln Riley runs. And through the first two weeks, the defense wasn't that great. But like you said, it looks like they're getting some life, but they they need a lot of help from their offense. This is not the Oklahoma team that scores 50 points a game. Um Take the under, by the way, <laughs> if they're going to continue that. Um, the wideout this weekend, Penn State versus Auburn, Sean Clifford played out of his mind. 280, 280 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, kept Penn State in the lead for, I think, all but eight minutes, ten minutes. Um, Jahan Dotson, receiver for Penn State, ten receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. He made some athletic plays. I'm not going to lie. The dude looks good. Um, Auburn had several opportunities to tie the game in the fourth, just couldn't move the ball. Um, I will say, though, I think Bo Nix, though he couldn't make – he couldn't he couldn't drive him to a win, but I do like some of the throws he made trying to put his team in a position to win. Um, there was a fade down the right side of the field – I don't know what happened to the receiver on that one. That was the only one that I, I can recall that just didn't make sense. But um, Tank Bigsby for Auburn. 23 carries, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. Dude was trying to put the team on his back. but I mean, that's what he did. I mean, he literally like put the offense on his back. Like, yeah, Bonix had some good throws. Honestly, though, not that impressive in my opinion, especially compared to Sean Clifford. Um, 
And what I like about Penn State is they recognize, okay, our run game is not working. We definitely need our pass game to step up. And, I mean, they out through their run game by over 200 yards. Um, 302 yards passing for Penn State and 84 rushing. I mean, that just shows kind of the adjustments they can make and maybe how good Sean Clifford is. Not that Auburn's defense is the best, but trying to rank game like that's pretty good performance on Penn State's offense. I, I will say, though, I, I I think Auburn played well for a wideout game. That's a tough environment to go into when, you know, the whole stadium – is adamantly against you and you can tell all you gotta do is look up um is a tough environment i think that they did well um i'm not so sure they have have you know sec west champion potential but i do think they could be competitive the rest of the year um going into some of the upsets this week though uh we'll start with what we've already alluded to fresno state beating ucla uh 40 to 37 and, yeah, keep in mind, this was the Fresno State team that earlier in the season we said, oh, we're going to only beat them by seven, but turns out that might have been misplaced. Uh, they got a last-second touchdown to win the game. Jake Hanner threw the ball 53 times. Yeah, it's insane because he ended up with 455 yards, two, two TDs and only one interception. And I don't know if you saw, but in the fourth quarter, he was visibly injured, like hobbling onto the field wanting to give his team that win because he knew how important it would be and injured throws a game-winning touchdown pass on that drive. I mean, talk about grit, astounding performance from Jake Hayner. And I would say shout-out to Jalen Cropper and Josh Kelly, too, the two leading receivers for Fresno State, combined for 22, 22 receptions, over 250 yards. Uh, they got a lot of work done help, helping out Jake Hayner. Uh, Ronnie Rivers got 136 yards and two touchdowns to running back for Fresno State. Um, but that's not to say UCLA's performance was bad. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson had a good game, I thought, 278 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Zach Charbonnet for two touchdowns on the ground. I mean, they're putting up points, but the big difference was Fresno State held the ball for 40 minutes. UCLA had it for 20. Um, and you can't win games with a time possession difference that bad. Uh no, and Fresno State held UCLA to, what, 17 points in the first three quarters, and then UCLA finally turned it up. But, I mean, what a shootout. What a game. I did not expect it to be that high of a scoring game. Pack 12 after dark, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another upset, West Virginia got number 15, Virginia Tech, 27-21. to 21. Uh, And I think with that game, the air in the sales of the ACC is gone. Uh we were talk- we've talked in previous weeks about Virginia Tech maybe being a dark horse ACC champion, um, but I don't care who comes out of the ACC at this point. There's no chance. No chance. Um, it was actually 27-7 to late in the third quarter. West Virginia was up. Um, they, had, they had multiple opportunities to tie it but failed to convert uh, fourth and goal twice, one from the six-yard line, one from the four-yard line. So – they would have kicked some field goals right there. We would have had a tie ball game, but you know, you don't know in the in the moment what's going to happen. So I get it. Um, interestingly, though, West Virginia won and lost the turnover battle. They had a fumble and an interception, um, and still held on to win. So Virginia Tech just not pieces were there. It they is, just didn't fall in place. You just can't like fourth and goal twice, and you 
you just can't score like yeah oh it just it just kills me because the comeback was amazing i mean to be down like that and put up points and try to come back i mean against granite not a good west virginia team but it's kind of sad i mean virginia tech was honestly probably gonna be the best team in the acc in my opinion had they won i mean had they continued they, i mean they could still be clemson i think they can still be i think they still have a chance at the acc championship i mean i don't see yeah. north carolina pulling out anything so it, it'll be interesting for sure to see what the acc turns out to be i mean nothing spectacular but uh and then the last upset michigan state beating uh 24 miami yeah that's a that's a yikes uh they beat them 38 to 17 not even close Peyton Thorne had a four-touchdown game, four-touchdown day. Kenneth Walker the third got 172 yards on 27 carries. Um, Michigan State just absolutely gashed Miami to death. But I'll say this. Get De'Aaron King the hell out of Miami. Whatever has happened to him in Miami is just terrible. Through two touchdowns and two interceptions, but he also had two fumbles, four total turnovers from De'Aaron King. Um who was at the beginning of the season uh, a slight Heisman Heisman favorite and yeah I just yeah I remember something ain't working there yeah fourteen yeah because <laughs> I don't I mean I don't know why they were placed up there like I have not seen like even against App State like we talked about last week and now they lose to Michigan State I have not seen anything out of the Miami I thought we would and it's kind of sad Derek King I mean I really had high hopes for him even though it's a different Florida team but like. I really was pulling for him to succeed, like just be a dark horse in that Heisman race, and there is like zero chance he has a shot at winning the Heisman. Now it's just it's sad. Yeah, it, it it's definitely not uh, meeting the expectations of the preseason. They, I mean, sure they have a chance to turn it around, but at this point, it's like you know, any any point to hold your head high about is, is vastly diminishing. They need they need some help fast. Um, sticking with the ACC though, do you think there's uh, any concerns going forward for ACC teams' ability to compete overall outside of the division? Absolutely, I don't think we're gonna see much competition within the division or with outside the division. It's, I mean, even Clemson doesn't look that good. Like they beat uh, Georgia Tech fourteen to eight. Hello, like. Where's yeah, your offense yeah, at? A Clemson team where's your offense one, at? Yeah. Points, yeah, like I get it. You lost Trevor Lawrence, ETN, Amari Rogers. Like you lost some big pieces, but Dabo Sweeney, you got uh, Lele or whatever his name is, and now you're just gonna let your team just kind of crumble like that. And on top of that, Miami, awful. North Carolina, really not that good. Virginia Tech loses. Well, and and that's what confuses me. DJ Oikolele last year, he replaced Trevor Lawrence for three games, played really well, and it was like. Well, here we go, another 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 year, another Clemson quarterback gashing people up all over the field, and then he just comes out this year and then looks flat. Um, and that's not to say it's all on him. The O-line's not looked great. His receivers don't look great. I mean, it's just a whole, as a team, just kind of a decrepit feel in Clemson right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I would 100% agree. The ACC's having some problems, and um, I don't see them competing – I mean, they're going to all be in the Gator Bowl and the Outback Bowl. Like, you know, definitely no New Year's Six in, in the equation uh, as of right now. Um, we got two big games this weekend. Number 12, Notre Dame 
versus number 18, Wisconsin. Who do you got coming out of that one? Wisconsin. Yeah, sure. easy. <laughs> no, I mean, they won, but like barely. So. And then number seven, Texas A&M, and number 16, Arkansas. I'm going to go with Arkansas. I mean, based off Texas A&M's performance last week against Colorado. Woo pig. I, and Arkansas beating Tech, like, even though Texas wasn't that big of, like, a deal because they weren't ranked, but, like, Arkansas is 3-0. I genuinely am going to pick the dark horse. I think they could upset Texas A&M. Yeah, I would agree. I think I, I have Arkansas over Texas A&M. Um, but on that note, let's let's transition, move over to NFL. Um, let's just start with overall thoughts week two, who looked good, who looked bad. I think the Panthers looked better, way better than I thought. I mean, going into a Saints defense who held the Packers to three points, I was like, Sam Darnold is going to have an issue. And even though they have CMC, I was like, you know, I think the Saints are going to be a win. But turns out Sam Darnold's not a bad quarterback. And CMC is still CMC. So I really think they came out and surprised me. And the Vikings, even though the Vikings lost. After losing to the Bengals, and then you put up 33 on the Cardinals. I mean, we saw the Cardinals minus six and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Not financial advice, um, <laughs> but I really think the Vikings impressed me. I think, you know, that's a tough loss still, but coming out of that game, I think if they can keep that offense to that caliber, I mean, impress me. Yeah, I, I, personally, I thought the Raiders are, have been looking good. Derek Carr, Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller are all playing really well. Uh, I think Hunter Renfro, wow, I can't get that out was a great addition to the wide receiver core, and he's also doing some special teams, taking punt returns and stuff like that. But, I mean, that, that's a win over the Ravens and Steelers, who beat the Chiefs and the Bills, respectively. Um, so, I mean, by the laws of the transitive property, they beat the, all the AFC favorites to come for the uh, AFC Championship and the, the Super Bowl. Best so. team in the AFC West? I mean... They tie, well, tie, tie with Broncos, well, but... Um, and and personally, Saints, what the hell, man? Look, y'all, <laughs> dude. Hey, Jameis Winston is back, baby. Normal Jameis. No. two interceptions. Yeah, all, like awful mm-hmm. throws. Like I, watching him play, I was like, why did you throw that ball? I like, just just take the sack and just that was another one after that. It was embarrassing. Yeah, he had a twenty-one point six QBR. 111 yards and two interceptions. And then I will say, too, Alvin Kamara. What the hell, man? <laughs> Their whole offense. Just Only eight off. yards on five yeah. carries? Are you kidding so me? Bad. He's He's barely had over 100 total yards this season. And I'm like, come on. I, I, I just don't understand why, you know, you know, Derrick Henry got hot. Christian McCaffrey's still hot. Dalvin Cook's getting hot. And you just 100 yards in two no, games? Like, I, I just don't understand that. And, um, I mean, also, the Eagles, I mean, coming out of week one, I was like, okay, like, they look better. Like Their, their defense looks good. Yeah, their defense, I mean, helped 49ers really well, but their offense just yeah. died. Like, Sanders did not do well. Jalen Hurts, like, what happened to proving everybody wrong? Like, you just put up 11 points and that's it? I mean, I get it. The 49ers do have a good defense. You've got uh, Nick Bosa on the defensive line, but definitely underwhelming for me. Uh, some some more underwhelming events from this past weekend were the uh, rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Zach Wilson threw four interceptions. Joe Burrow threw three interceptions. Uh, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence both threw two interceptions. Um, 
Do you have any concerns about them going forward? Well, Zach Wilson plays for the Jets, so there's really not much else to say there. It's, yeah. it's super unfortunate for him, but I mean, he really did look terrible. I mean, four interceptions. I, well, I, I just have no words for that. But honestly, all of these quarterbacks' interceptions led them to a loss. So yeah, I'd be concerned. I mean, Justin Herbert, I could see bouncing back. Burrow had thrown an interception like 200 pass attempts or something, and then he comes out those three. Almost leads them back to a comeback, but honestly, I would be a little worried. I mean, it's week two, and they're, they didn't really play anybody with them towards the good defense besides maybe the Patriots, but I, it's, a, it's a little concerning. I'm not going to hold you back from starting them besides Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence because they haven't done anything either of the weeks, but it's just something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, seeing, seeing how well Sam Darnold's playing now that he's out of New York is is certainly concerning for Zach Wilson. Um, but, yeah, I would say the other ones, I mean, there's a lot of inexperience. Justin Herbert is the most senior of that group of quarterbacks, and he's played 17 games. So, I mean, while those interceptions are, are, are bad, Matt Ryan threw three, and no one says much. So it's like I, I think there's a lot of time to develop. Um, I think we'll see continual improvement. Except Zach Wilson, RIP. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they they all have time to grow. I would I would say uh, too early to tell. Joe Burrow, though, I will say, you know, there may be some interception interceptions now with a, a fear of his O line crumbling because true the I mean, the Bengals did nothing to shore up his O line, no, so it's like no. And I mean, the way he got injured last year, just yeah. he has no protection back there. He's got decent weapons, but no protection. Someone who did not have a bad game, though, <laughs> Mr. Tom Brady. I. Well, there, what else is there to say? Is what else is there? Yeah. What else is there to say? I mean, oh, in two man. games, he has 655 yards, nine touchdowns, and two interceptions. I mean, that's insane. Granted, not the best defenses in the league, but crazy. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I mean, they trampled the Falcons. Uh, though the, I will say the Falcons. Seem to improve from week one. Offensively. Offensively, yeah. correct. Because, um, I mean, the Eagles defense seems to be good, so it makes sense now that – well, no, it doesn't make sense they got six points. <laughs> but, you know, a lower-scoring game, sure. Um, Ryan needs to shore up the interceptions, though. Like I mentioned a minute ago, three interceptions, not great. Uh, but the Bucks are cruising. Yeah, and the Bucks definitely stepped up their defense. Like, they gave up 25, yes, but three interceptions, like you just said. Yeah, the, the Bucks are on their way to another Super Bowl ring. Tom Brady ring number eight. I mean, they are in midseason form already in this week too. They they will absolutely win the NFC South, no question. Especially with Saints as inconsistent as they are, Panthers. I think as soon as some some real pressure gets on Sam Darnold, it, you'll see some of the, the the revert back to. I think I wouldn't say dumb decisions, but ill advised decisions. Um, and then yeah, they already trampled the Falcons. So the I Saints mean, just don't, I mean, yeah, there's after that performance, <laughs> they're going to cruise their way to the uh, NFC South title. So, um, yeah, we're calling that uh, Titans and Seahawks. Titans bounce back after Week One. Uh, Derrick Henry carried for thirty five carried thirty five times for one hundred and eighty two yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Julio had one hundred and twenty eight yards on six receptions. Um, and that's all after the Titans were down at the half, twenty-four to nine. So um, it was a good bounce back. 
Derrick Henry putting the team on his back. Literally, like, down 23-9, like you said, and then enter Derrick Henry, who, in the second half alone, put up 147 rushing yards in all three of their TDs, one of which was a 60-yard run. Like, for all those doubters of Derrick Henry after week one, like, don't worry. Like, he is here, he is back, and he's ready to carry this Titans team. Like, don't get me wrong, Tannehill had a really good connection with Julio Jones, who put up 128 yards, six receptions, but Derrick Henry quite literally put the team on his back and helped lead them to a comeback and an overtime win. Yeah, I think that it looks more like the Titans team we expected. Um, I would like to see some some reduction in drops by some of the receivers, particularly A.J. Brown had a couple of good opportunities for, for big plays and, and, and dropped the ball. Um, but, yeah, that, I think that was the Titans' offense I was expecting in the fourth quarter. So as long as they can translate that, keep doing it, then they'll be on their way to the AFC South title. <laughs> yeah, but what does that say about the Seahawks? I mean, Jamal Adams, Trey Flowers, and Bobby Wagner are all back there, and you blow the game. I mean, the offense didn't really do anything either, which probably contributed to the defense not doing well and not performing, but – I mean, that kind of brings up some con- some concerns for them, especially in how hot of a division they are in. Yeah, it, it's an unfortunate lead blown, but I, I think maybe a little too early to, to start uh, pressing the sirens, only because they held the Colts to 16, which, I mean, the Colts don't have the definition of a high-powered offense, but, you know. They did three, compete with the Rams. Three touchdowns a quarter is unusual. Yeah. So I, I could see that being a fluke. Um so a little early for cost for concern, but definitely need to uh, to keep the gas on too early to pump the brakes, um, and that applies going forward. Um, we we mentioned a little bit the Saints woes versus the Panthers. Um, Sam Darnold looking good at coming out of New York. Um, I would say he's definitely competent. I, I I'm still hesitant to say good. He looks good. He's got confidence, and, and he seems to yeah. have the keys needed to be a good quarterback. Um, but they have the Texans and Cowboys to continue to improve his development. Um, the Philly defense should be the the biggest test come October tenth, though. I, I think that will be a good a good indicator of whether you can move into that good category coming out of competent. Um, so I, I will. I am interested to see how that game goes, um, but James was absolutely terrible on the other side of the ball. I, we already talked about it, but I don't really even want to go into it. Like, <laughs> you should have put Taysom Hill in at that point. Yeah, I mean, which they did. They yeah, brought him I in mean, for yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. snaps. Like, he, he he's. I think for me, he tends to be too much of a gadget player, and teams know that. I would like to see them, kind of like a two quarterback system. I don't know if it's ever worked before in the NFL, but. Now, the now's the time to try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't that. really have what you could consider a franchise quarterback, so you may as well, you know, take a shot. Um, I mentioned at the, at the uh, top of this segment that the uh, Raiders impressed me. They beat the Steelers and lead the AFC West. Um, I think both West divisions this year will be entertainment, AFC and NFC. Um, the Broncos' defense looks good. The Chargers' offense needs a little bit of a jolt, but. Um, their defense holds up, um, and the, only the Seahawks have a loss in the NFC West. So, I think that's going to be a very uh, a close race in in both divisions this year. It'll be it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, like we we're saying, like 
I definitely see both wild card teams in the NFC coming out of the West, potentially both out of the AFC West too. There's, it's too early to say in the AFC because like you have the Bills, you have the Patriots who could actually start kicking things up, and then you've got the Ravens, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Browns, like that whole division. So I think it's too early to tell for the AFC, but I definitely see both wild card teams in the NFC coming out of the West because even though the Seahawks lost, it, it's just such a competitive division. It's going to be really interesting to see if anybody can stop them. Uh, and speaking of competitive divisions, AFC North will probably be one of the most competitive. Uh, the Ravens bounce back and beat the Chiefs, which was an impressive win. And there's a lot of volatility in the North. They're all they're tied 1-1 right now. Um, I think every single team could beat the other team any given week. So it, they're, they're going to destroy each other and last man standing. So I only see one team coming out of the AFC North for that reason. Um which would lead an opportunity for two to come out of the AFC West. Um, but I think it'll be similar to, to the NFC East in previous years, except they'll have better records, but the, the war of attrition will, will, will even them all out, and I think only one of them will be able to get in. Yeah, I think uh, the Ravens, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Lamar Jackson, and everybody knows that. After starting off with, I think, two interceptions, the Chiefs' defense looked great, and I was like, okay, the Chiefs got this one in the bag. But Lamar Jackson can't deny his leadership, can't deny his athleticism. Clearly the best running back for the Ravens. All right, now. But truly, truly led them to a comeback, and I cannot argue his athleticism. Uh, Passing-wise, he did all right. Um, but running, he, he absolutely led the team in rushing yards uh, with 16 carries, most carries out of their rushing team, and 107 yards, two rushing TDs. He looks as athletic as the past two years, but he's got to tune up that passing game more if he really wants to lead his team to a Super Bowl. I think dual threat, he really has that potential. We know he can run, but I haven't seen anything promising for his pass game. And well, I would argue he needs some receivers, to be honest. Marquise Brown is your leading receiver. I yeah. Mean, and, I mean, you have Sammy Watkins, a veteran who should be used more, in my opinion. Mark Andrews has always been consistent. He has had some drops. Last year, he did not look as well. But this year, he's just not getting targeted. I mean, look at the look at the targets, like 10, 5, 7, 2. And two of them, both his interceptions were awful throws. I mean, definitely on him. But he's got a decent receiving core compared to some of the teams, in my opinion. We'll look on the other side of the ball. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Okay, well, not everybody's going to be the Chiefs. Not everybody's going to be the Chiefs. I mean, come on, man. Like, yeah. Oh, Kelsey's what, touchdown uh, run? Yeah, that yeah. That was nasty. I think, I think this is big for the Ravens, though. The Chiefs have been their hump the past couple of years. They, they, they make runs to the playoffs and then just get decimated by the Chiefs. So at least now they know we can beat them. Whether they do it later in the season, yet to be determined. But a good moral victory. I mean, it, sure. it, it's good to say they're beatable and we know how to do it. Um, but I, I have to bring this up because one is on my fantasy team. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. What's going on, dude? Like, I mean, I have Camara. Like, <laughs> but, like, honestly, like, the Chiefs look, I mean, 35 points, that's still remarkable. But a problem? They run game. I mean, they you can't completely rely on Patrick Mahomes. You have to have some sort of run game. And right now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has let them down. 
both these last two games. So I really think they have got to find some way to step him up or move on to Darrell Williams because he has not put up anything promising. And the Ravens' run defense is, I mean, all right, but come on. Like, 13 carries, 46 yards. I believe he had a couple fumbles. Definitely one forced fumble. I mean, they've got to, they've got to fix the run game. If the Chiefs want to continue competing at, like, a high-end level because – you know their defense can't hold out for that long. So. Uh, look, looking ahead this week, I know we've uh, whiffed on it in past weeks, but uh, who do you got as your best bet for the week? Wait, I just want to say, I did bring up the college football bet last week that I would bet on the over for the Florida-Alabama game, and they did get the over, so just a little pat on the back for that. But obviously we did let you all down with the Cardinals. So this week, I don't think we're going to be synced, and if we are, I'm going to be amazed. My best bet for this week, NFL-wise, Bucks plus one versus the Rams. And then college football, Florida minus 20 over UT. I mean, I'm so ready to watch that game too. But uh, I would say my best bet for the week, Chiefs minus six and a half over the Chargers. I know that's going to hurt a little bit. But the Chiefs have scored more than 30 points in both games, playing much better the defenses than the Chargers have. The Chargers, on the other hand, have yet to score more than 20 points playing what I would say are defenses on par with the Chiefs and the the uh, Washington football team and a much worse defense than the Cowboys. Um, so I would I could see that point differential showing up this weekend. Um, unless, of course, the Chargers decide to find their offense this week, but that's to be determined. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, the Chargers have not done anything outstanding, which does hurt, but... I do see the Chiefs offense being a problem and definitely going to batter up the Chargers defense because I don't think their offense is going to go sound field as long as they need to. Um, I, I would like to be right a week. So uh, if, if you're betting with us, uh, you know, I, I have you in my thoughts because we're both <laughs> losing. <laughs> you know what? Fade me, actually. Go ahead and do that. One of us will win. Um, what about waiver wire? Who you got this week? So waiver wire um, – Honestly, my lock-in that I would pick up if you've got James Robinson or Clyde Edwards for like me, uh, would actually be Cordero Patterson for the Falcons, uh, running back. I think he put up like 23 points. While he's not the starting, he's still getting receptions as a uh, wide receiver, labeled as a running back, and he'll come in and replace Mike Davis occasionally and get some good chunk yardage. Um, looked really good against the Bucks this week, and the Bucks have a decent defense, so... I mean, if you're looking for a flex player or someone to replace those couple running backs that aren't performing right now, I wouldn't mind picking him up. Or Kenyon Drake if Josh Jacobs stays injured. So, uh, Yeah, I have Henry Ruggs. Um, I was surprised to see he's only rostered in 18.2% of the leagues. Um, but as of right now, he seems to be a primary target for Derek Carr. Um, Darren Waller, I will say he's played decent. But he's had some drops that are inexcusable, and I think if he continues to do that going forward, you'll see a lot more production out of Ruggs. Um, and, you know, there's a one in five chance he's uh, not available in your league. So um, could be a good opportunity to, uh, to, to beef up your receivers if you need it. So Yeah, I mean, he, you're right. I agree. Henry Ruggs has absolutely performed – better than I thought he would have been a favorite target um, right under Darren Waller of Derek Carr. And then, like you said, Hunter Renfro, too, is kind of sneaking in 
under there. So definitely keep an eye on the Raiders if they continue that. And it wouldn't mind to uh, wouldn't be a bad decision to put Henry Ruggs on your bench at least just to see if he continues. Yeah, speaking of Hunter Renfro, he could be a, a good future target who may come up in uh, future week waiver wire discussions. So uh, Raiders offense though looking pretty good. Yeah, Steelers offense looking terrible. That's <laughs> uh, a cycle of things. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I got. You got anything? I'm Tom Brady's number one fan. That's all I gotta <laughs> say. I'm just, I'm still in awe. The man is. I mean, I saw something the other day, and it was hilarious because it was like, man, this new generation of quarterbacks is so great. And Tom Brady was listed in one of them because he could play till he's fifty very well if he's at his pace. Looks, it doesn't even look a day. Well, you just wait till they figure out how to replace him with robotic pieces. Have the first cyborg oh, quarterback in the NFL. <sighs> He'll be he'll be he'll be passing to uh, current middle schoolers. <laughs> oh, like Bill Rivers' children, actually, yeah. they're gonna get. <laughs> well, that'll be a, that'll be the entire football team. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, we will uh, see you next week. Thank you for listening to the college. Podcast.